to the 26th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Please give us a review. Uh, We are also on Twitter at Food and Fright, and also check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. This week we're covering the Scream franchise. There are four movies in a TV series with a new season coming up soon, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So all four of these movies were directed by Wes Craven. He sadly passed away in 2015. Besides Scream, he is most famous for A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Hills Have Eyes, Last House on the Left, The People Under the Stairs, and Swamp Thing. All of these movies were written by Kevin Williams, except for Scream 3, which he provided an outline for. And besides Scream, he's most famous for I Know What You Did Last Summer, Dawson Creek, The Vampire Diaries, and The Following. Music on all four movies is by Marco Beltrami. And Roger L. Jackson is the voice of Ghostface in all four movies. He's also known as Mojo Jojo in The Powerpuff Girls. Producer duties on all four movies were intermittently shared by Kathy Conrad, Carrie Woods, Wes Craven, Marianne, Madalena, Kevin Williamson, and Aya Labunka. Uh, this having the same people involved in the directing, writing, producing, and the same core characters has made Scream one of the most cohesive franchises out there. And as we know, with horror franchises, sometimes they are not... Um, cohesive in any manner. Um, so let's talk about the movies. So first we have Scream, released in 1996. Again, like I said, directed by Craven, written by Williamson, starring Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Skeet Aldrich, Rose McGowan, and David, L- I'm sorry, and Matthew Lillard. Scream 2, released in 1997, so one year later, produced and directed by the same people. The same three core characters were back, so Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. Jamie Kennedy was also back, and new faces this time included Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jerry O'Connell as Sidney's boyfriend Derek, Timothy Oliphant, and Laurie Metcalf from Roseanne. Uh, Liv Schreiber also returned as Cotton Weary. Scream 3 released in 2000, so that is three years later. Again, um, directed by Craven, written by Aaron Kruger, as we said, based on an outline, which apparently most was uh, discarded by Williamson. Again, the same three core characters, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. New faces include Patrick Dempsey from Grey's Anatomy, Jenny McCarthy, Scott Foley, and Parker Posey. Carrie Fisher also makes a cameo. And Lance Hendrickson, who was Bishop on Alien, also um, stars as John Milton. And lastly, in terms of the movies, is Scream 4, which was released in 2011, so that's 11 years after the last movie. 
Again, directed by Craven, written by Williamson. He's back as the writer. And the same three core cast members, Campbell Cox and Arquette return. Along for the ride are lots of other people, including Kristen Bell, Anna Paquin, Emma Roberts, Hay- Hayden Pinatera, uh, Allison Bree from Glow, who serves as Sydney's agent, Rory Culkin, who's McConley Culkin's brother. Uh, he, I think he's most famous for Lords of Salem. Anthony Anderson, who's been in a lot of things, including Law and Order. And Eric Nudson, who was in Continuum and a bunch of other things. So that's the four movies. Then there's a TV series that ran for two seasons on MTV starting in 2015, directed by James Travis, and that stars Willa F- uh, Fitzgerald, Bex Taylor-Klaus, John Carna, Amadeus Serafini, Connor Well, and Carson Young. So where can you watch these movies? Scream, Scream 4, and both seasons of the TV series are available on Netflix. Um, And they are available on Amazon, but not free for Prime members. So the movies will cost you about $4 each. Uh, None of these are on Hulu, Shudder, or Tubi. Rotten Tomatoes scores. The first Scream, critics gave it a 79. Audiences also gave it a 79. Scream 2, critics gave it an 82, audiences gave it a 57. Scream 3, critics gave it a 37, audiences also gave it a 37. Scream 4, critics gave it a 79, audiences also gave it a 79. And Scream the TV series, critics gave it a 67. Overall, audiences gave it a 71. And the score of the first season by critics was 46% and then 86% for the second season. So, why should you watch these movies? Well, Scream reinvigorated the 90s horror genre with self-aware teens using the rules of horror to try to stay alive. It was the first meta-horror series, meaning it references itself, it's self-aware, and the characters in the movie have seen all the same horror movies you have. Scream has the the best opening sequence, I think, of any horror movie I can think of when Drew Barrymore is being terrorized by what at first seems to be a random caller. I can't think of any other horror movie or pretty much any other movie that has a better opening sequence. Scream is the highest grossing slasher movie in the U.S. right after Halloween. And... Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, is one of the best final girls in horror. She's right up there with Laurie Strode from Halloween and Ellen Ripley from Alien. Also, if you've seen a lot of horror movies, it makes all the inside jokes and references to the other horror movies a lot of fun. For example, Billy says in Scream 1, We all go a little mad sometimes, which is obviously a quote from Norman Bates from Psycho. I also like that the films throw out a lot of red herrings and um, to try to throw you off track of who the killers really are, so it's fun to try to figure out, see if you can figure out who the killers are before they're revealed. Um, unlike other like long-running horror uh, franchises such as Friday the 13th and Halloween, the killers 
here appear to have no supernatural powers. They just put on the mask and a black uh, cloak and chase people around with a knife. So, uh, also one more great thing about Scream is that they throw in tons of sort of famous people or up-and-coming famous people. So, there's lots and lots of people in these movies, but don't expect them to stay around long because they could be killed off at any second. So, the plot. I'm just going to try to hit the highlights here. So, Scream 1. Scream 1 starts off with a bang as Casey, who's played by Drew Barrymore, thinks she's getting a crank call, and it's a guy who likes to ask horror movie trivia questions. Instead, he's really a quick uh, killer and quickly dispatches with Casey and her boyfriend Steve after she uh, gives the wrong answer to one of his questions. We know from this opening scene that this show really means business because no one was expecting Drew Barrymore, who was one of the biggest stars out there at that time, to be killed so quickly. Uh, that the that uh, death scene is right up there in my book with Janet Lee in the shower scene as um, one of the most shocking scenes that no one saw coming. So, the kids at Woodsboro California High School are buzzed with talk of the murders, and Sydney and her friends are trying to figure out what's going on. Also, Sydney's mother was violently killed a year earlier, so that'll be important later. And the killer, Cotton Weary, is currently in jail. Other people start dying in short order. This includes the principal, who is played by Henry Winkler, the Fonz of Happy Days. Uh, so it was fun to see him. And the kids then do whatever, what anyone would do when a killer is at large, and they throw a big party. Uh, Sydney, her boyfriend Billy Loomis, who apparently is named after Sam Loomis from Halloween, her best friend Tatum, played by Rose McGowan, and friend Stu, played by Matthew Lillard, and Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, attend. There's also Deputy Dewey Riley, who's Tatum's brother, and that's played by David Arquette, and reporter Gail Weathers, who's Courtney Cox. So they are also there at the party. Um, more murders occur. Eventually, Billy is stabbed, and Sydney runs for her life. And in the end, it turns out there is not just one, one but there are two killers. So the killers are revealed to be Billy, who was just faking being stabbed earlier, and his friends do. So what was their motivation? Apparently, Billy's really pissed because Sydney's mother lured his father away from his mother, thus causing her to leave town. And then Stu says it was just peer pressure that made him do it. So their plan was to kill everyone and be the sole survivors um, and then have some self-inflicted gun stab wounds, sorry, stab wounds, um, to make it look like they were also attacked. Sydney's father uh, arrives home. He was away on a business trip. He also gets pulled into this mess, and then Sydney has to fight for her life, but she's not going down quietly, so she ends up um, dropping a TV on Stu's head and killing him, and when we just when we think she's a goner and Billy's going to kill her, Gail um, wakes up after she's been knocked out and shoots Billy, and that's the end of Scream 1.
So a lot going on there. Scream 2, Sydney's Away at College, and a horror movie inside a horror movie is playing at the local theater. It's called Stab, and it's based on a book about the Woodsboro murders by Gail Weathers. It's a party atmosphere at the theater as everyone wears ghost face masks and brings fake knives. Jada Pinkett Smith and her boyfriend go to check it out. I must say, if I went to a theater and people were acting this crazy, I would just turn around and leave. Uh, but of course, it's a horror movie, so she doesn't. And Stab is recreating the first murder from Scream 1. And poor Jada doesn't last long. She's stabbed by who she thought was next to her as her boyfriend. Um, and then dies an agonizing death in front of the screen while the movie is playing behind her. Uh, that's a rough ending for her, but it was uh, one of the great opening sequences. So that was a lot of fun. And then Ghostface again begins chasing those around Sydney, including her college roommate and her new boyfriend, Derek. And then Dewey and Gail arrive on the scene. We're not sure who to trust until the killer is revealed to be... It is Mickey from the film class. Um, I had a bit of a problem with this because we didn't really see Mickey that much and we didn't know Mickey had any relationship to anything, so that was kind of out of left field. Uh, but wait, as in with the first movie, Mickey is not the only killer. Oh, uh, and Mickey is going to uh, use as his murder defense that horror movies made him do it. So Mickey is also working with Lori Metcalf, who is not just a reporter, as she said previously. She is also Mrs. Loomis, Billy's mom. And her motivation is good old-fashioned revenge because she blames Sydney for killing Billy. Then Cotton arrives, and uh, as you recall, he was released from prison after Scream 1 when it was determined that he did not kill Mrs. Prescott, and we think that he might be working with the killers at some point, but apparently he's not. And then somehow, Gail and Dewey manage to survive again, and Mickey and Mrs. Loomis are killed after they rally one last time, which is always the case in horror movies. Um, I liked this ending uh, the kill, the reveal of Mrs. Uh, Loomis, anyway, because you'll recall in the first movie, the question that Ghostface asked Drew Barrymore was, who was the killer in the first Friday the 13th? And she said, Jason. And, of course, that answer was incorrect. I mean, later he did. But the first movie was his mother, uh, Pamela Voorhees. So I'm glad that they brought that around again by uh, making her the killer in the second scream. So we're up to the third scream. And this one has much more of a comedy feel to it. It's because it happened right after the Columbine High School massacre. So the opening scene has Cotton, who's now a talk show host, racing home as Ghostface attacks his girlfriend. It's not the best opening scene, in my humble opinion, but um, still gets us there. So Cotton and his girlfriend end up being killed. And then this time, the show follows the making of the horror movie within a horror movie. Remember, we saw Stab, um, the beginning of Stab, 
at the in the scream two. Now we're up to stab three. Return to Woodsboro, and Cotton had made a cameo in this before he was killed. So all of the actors on stab are being knocked off, and of course they play all of our main characters. So Sydney was in hiding in an undisclosed location, but she returns to try to help catch the killers. And again, as I said, she's back, and also Dewey and Gail are back, and almost get killed yet again. In the end, the killer turns out to be Roman, who was the director of the Stab movies. And he is Sidney's long-lost brother, who we never knew even existed. It seems that Maureen Prescott uh, went to Hollywood when she was like between 18, I guess, and 21. She was raped at a party and had Roman, who she gave up for adoption. And he later tried to contact her, but she didn't want anything to do with him, which really upset him. And before he dies, Roman tells Sidney he put Billy up to the killings in screen one. So that's the tie-in back to the first movie. Um, this movie was okay. Um, but I really didn't care much about hearing about Sydney's mom's backstory, so it was not one of my favorites in the series. Scream 4. Uh, the opening scene has two girls being stabbed, but nope, it's just a scene from Stab 6. So now we're up to 6, and then two girls again are watching that, and one says, a bunch of articulate teens sitting around deconstructing horror movies until Ghostface kills them one by one. It's been done to death. The whole self-aware postmodern meta shit. Then one of the girls stabs the other. I didn't expect to see that coming. But wait, that's actually a scene from Stab 6, which has two other girls watching it. I mean, sorry, Stab 7. So it's a movie inside a movie inside a movie. So I thought that was a fun opening sequence. And then this time around, Sydney is a best-selling self-help author, and she returns to Woodsboro on her book tour and is staying with her aunt and cousin. And it's the anniversary of the original Woodsboro murders, and people, of course, start dying, and several geeks, as is always the case in all of these movies, are there to recite the rules of a successful horror remake, which I'll go over a little bit later. Um, in the end, the killer turns out to be Cousin Jill and her classmate, Charlie. So, Jill, um, Jill's motivation is she was jealous of Sydney and she wanted to be famous. And she thinks that she successfully killed Sydney, but then uh, she ends up in the hospital and then they tell her Sydney... Uh, is barely alive uh, in another room. So she goes over there to try to off Sydney, and then Dewey and Gail show up, and the uh, female deputy that Dewey works with, and um, Sydney sneaks up on Jill while she's pointing the gun, I think, at Gail, and takes a crash cart, uh, one of those crash cart paddles, and zaps her with that, and then she's down. But as we know in all horror movies, she's going to be back up. So she rallies in the end, and that's when she gets shot and killed. So the fame that she desperately wanted is what actually, of course, uh, 
caused her to get killed. So that was a fun ending and that I really didn't see that coming and Jill is a crazy ass. So that was, I enjoyed that killer as well. Next up, Scream, the TV series. So this follows an entirely different group of kids and they're now in Lakewood instead of Woodsboro. So there's Emma, Audrey, Noah, Brooke, Jake, Kiernan, and Kiernan. So these five survive the season. And then the killer is revealed to be Piper Shaw. And then the second season features most of the same. And that one, the killer is revealed to, revealed to be Kiernan, who it turns out was in a relationship with Piper. So I watched both seasons of this. I enjoyed the first one, which had 10 episodes total. There were enough twists in it to keep me coming back. The second one, I've lost my interest during as probably because it had 14 episodes and it really drugged me at points. Um, that's just too many episodes for this kind of uh, uh, horror movie, I think. Um, and there was also a Halloween special. So we're up to trivia. Um, I tried to do some general stuff and then divide it up by movie. So, let's see. What have we got first? Scream 1. The ending party scene uh, lasts for 42 minutes during the movie, but it took 21 nights to complete. So, that was a, a long shoot for that scene. Uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette met on set of Scream and were married in 1999. And they divorced in 2013. Scream was originally supposed to be entitled Scary Movie. That's why they referenced Scary Movie several times, especially in the first movie. And instead, of course, that title later went to the parody movie series called Scary Movie. Uh, the Ghostface Mask is based on the painting The Scream by Edvard Munch. Uh, as well as an album cover by Pink Floyd's The Wall. More on that a little bit later. Okay, here's the rules that um, I mentioned a little earlier. So the Scream 1, the rules to successfully survive a horror movie. So these, um, Randy. Randy is the one who uh, gives these rules out in Scream 1. So 1... You will not survive if you have sex. Two, you will not survive if you drink and do drugs. Three, you will not survive if you say, I'll be right back. And then scream two, the rules to successfully survive a horror sequel. So one is the death toll is always greater. Two is the murder scenes are already always more elaborate with more blood and gore. Three, never assume the killer is dead. And then Scream 3, the rules to successfully survive the last chapter of a horror trilogy. So one, you've got a killer who's going to be superhuman. Stabbing him won't work. Shooting him won't work. Basically, in the third one, you've got to cryogenically freeze his head, decapitate him, or blow him up. Number two, anyone, including a main character, can die. Number three... The past will come back to bite you in the ass. Whatever you think you know about the past, forget it. The past is not at rest. Any sins you think you committed in the past are about to break out and destroy you. And then Scream 4, the rules to successfully survive a horror remake. So 1. 
The death scenes have to be way more elaborate. Two, unexpected is the new cliche. Three, virgins can die now. Four, new versions are always 2.0, so the latest technology is always involved and integral to the plot. That means the killer may start filming the murders. Five, uh, you have to have an opening sequence, which all of these movies did. Six, don't fuck with the original. And seven, if you want to survive a more a modern horror movie, you pretty much have to be gay. So that's the strange one that's thrown in here um, that doesn't seem to work with the rest of them because I can't really think of many horror movies where the gay person is the last person that survived. Um, and I looked it up and I still don't see many, so I'm not sure where that one came from. Uh, but the rest of them, I think, are on target. So, um, next up, Drew Barrymore was originally slated to play Sydney in Scream 1, but instead asked to be Casey since the opening sequence would let audiences know that no one is safe. Roger L. Jackson, as we already said, uh, was the voice of the killer that you heard on the phone. Both Nev Campbell and Drew Barrymore purposefully did not meet him in order to heighten their reaction to him. And also, the, um, the conversation that you hear when the killer is talking to the person is actually him on the phone calling them. It was not dubbed over um, later. Let's see. When Casey's father told her mother in the opening sequence to go, quote, go to the McKenzie's, that's the same thing Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis, said in Halloween. Also, Casey said that all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies sucked, uh, and that's because um, sequels sucked, sorry, the sequels. That's because Wes Craven created and directed the first movie, but then sold the rights to the sequels, which he disliked. So that was a little dig there. And then Bob Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein's brother, uh, was a big horror fan, and after Scream got an NC-17 rating, from the MPAA, he, even though the movie had been sent back nine times, he, Bob was able to get it pushed through and get an R rating. Obviously, if it is a NC-17 rating, that is box office suicide because uh, nobody hardly is going to go see it. So, Wes Craven makes a cameo in Scream 1 as a janitor wearing a Freddy Krueger hat and shirt. Uh, and he makes cameo in a bunch of other movies, too. Before Randy's demise, he yells, Jamie, look behind you, while watching Halloween on TV. And this is funny because the actor, Jamie Kennedy, also has a killer right behind him. Here's one you probably don't know. Linda Blair from The Exorcist made a cameo as a reporter. Uh, it's about 39 minutes in. So blink and you'll miss her, but she's there. Also, hiring choices, and there are lots and lots of these about who was considered for these parts. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll just try to hit the highlights. David Arquette says he was offered the role of Billy, but took Dewey instead. Juan King Phoenix turned down the role of Billy. Tori Spelling was at one time considered for the role of Sid. Reese Witherspoon also turned down the role of Sydney. Uh, Jean Ann Garofalo, I mean, sorry, Jean, 
Janine Garofalo turned down the role of Gail. Brooke Shields was also in the running. Let's see. And Wes Craven was not the first person considered for the job of director. Bob Weinstein had also contacted several directors, including Robert Robert Rodriguez, who did From Dust to Dawn. Now, he also came back and he directed the horror movie within a movie stab, so he directed those scenes, so he was involved. But Bob had also uh, considered Danny Boyle from 28 Days Later, George A. Romero from Night of the Living Dead, and Sam Raimi from The Evil Dead. Also, Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich worked on The Craft together. If you haven't seen that, that's a fun movie that's supposed to be remade soon. And Caller ID existed during the time of the first movie, but it was not in wide use. It's actually commented on in the second movie, and you see uh, she's using Caller ID. Uh, Also, cell phones were not in wide use at this time, so when the cell phone followed fell out of Billy's pocket, that was a strong indication that he was the killer. Uh, As I already said, the gang in the um, Scream 1 watched the movie Halloween during the party, and at some point they comment that the blood is all wrong, but the color of the blood is all wrong, but you never see any blood during the Halloween movie. So people think they see it, but there's really not any blood. So uh, that's an interesting comment. Up to Scream 2, Sarah Michelle Geller and Matthew Lillard were in the Scooby-Doo movies, and Geller's eventual husband, Freddie Prince Jr., auditioned for Scream and was also in Scooby-Doo. Uh, Scream 2, this is one of the first major movie ending leaks to the public. So Cindy's Sydney's co- college roommate Haley was originally slated to be the killer along with boyfriend Derek. But when the plot was leaked, they had to change the script. Also, at some point, the script said that Gail was killed by Cotton and Sydney and Cotton fight to the death. And also Dewey was killed, but we know now that none of that happened. Um, Nev Campbell somehow managed to juggle doing this movie and the TV series Party of Five at the same time. So she was obviously a very busy person then. Um, And the film originally ended with a shot of another ghost face who was watching when the camera pans up and out in the final scene who was watching from the college tower. So don't know if that was supposed to be Roman or somebody else at that point. Scream 3. Jamie Lee Curtis um, turned down an offer to appear, so that would have been fun. An alternate ending of Scream 3 was that the killings were done by a group of insane stab fans. And Jenny McCarthy was 27 years old when she played a 35-year-old who complained about playing a 21-year-old. Jay and Silent Bob make a cameo, as does Wes. And Christopher Watkins was considered for the role of John Milton. Selma Hayek and Terry Hatcher were also considered the role for the role of Jennifer Jolie, who is Courtney, characters, uh, Courtney Cox's character. Scream 4, 
This is the last film directed by Wes Craven before he passed away. And Courtney Cox had notable plastic surgery in this one, so at times uh, she's a little scary. Uh, Nev Campbell and Emma Roberts both admit to being terrified of horror movies, which is kind of funny, considering how many they've both been in. And Craven did not appear in a cameo in this one. Uh, he, he, they filmed it, but it was cut from the eventual movie. If you notice closely, a bust of Henry Winkler can be seen in the high school hallway. Remember, he was the principal in Scream 1. This is Emma Roberts' first horror movie, but she later went on to do Scream Queens and a number of seasons of American Horror Story. The fate of Kirby remains unknown, as confirmed by Craven. Uh, the last time we saw her, she was still moving a little bit, so some people say she is still alive and could reappear in a later movie. Also in this movie, Trevor was originally slated to be the killer. And the scene where Jill throws herself against a mirror onto a glass table and stabs herself in order to appear uh, wounded by the killer was actually done by Emma Roberts' stunt double. And Scream 4 was supposed to be the first in a new Scream trilogy. But, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, general info. So, Ghostface was originally named Father Death. And Craven had originally found this mask, which is just an off-the-shelf Halloween mask, uh, when doing uh, location scouting. And the mask is a little different between the different films and the TV series. And the um, company Fun World holds the rights to Ghostface, and they wouldn't let the TV series use it, so that's why they had to go with a different mask. Uh, the kill count in all of these movies is the first Scream, 7, Scream 2, 10, Scream 3, 10, Scream 4, 15, and that means the total deaths in all four movies together is 47, and then the TV series, the kill count in Season 1 is 9, and in Season 2 is 16. So, just to recap, who the final killers ended up being, all of them from the movies uh, have two killers except for one. So, Scream 1 was Billy and Stu. Scream 2 was Mickey and Billy's mother, Mrs. Loomis. Scream 3 was Sydney's long-lost brother, Roman. Number 4 was Sydney's cousin, Jill, and classmate, Charlie. And the first season of Scream TV series was Piper. And the second season was Kiernan. So as I mentioned, uh, Scream is getting a reboot. And it is entitled Scream Resurrection. And it's being launched, previously it was on MTV, but it's being launched on VH1 beginning on July the 8th. There will be six hours of programming total, two hours on each of three nights. And the executive producers, Queen Latifah, and starring Mary J. Blige, Kiki Palmer, who was in Scream Queens, and Paris Jackson shows up at some point. Robert L. Jackson will return as the voice of Ghostface, and 
the original ghost face mask will be used this time around. So I'm very interested to see that, and I'm glad that they did a shorter number of episodes uh, because, as I mentioned before, the uh, you know when you get to between 10 and 14 episodes, that's just too much in a TV series, in my opinion. So, in conclusion, um, people, obviously, people have varying opinions, as always, on to which of these movies is the best. I think that I, if I was going to rank them from the bottom to the top, not including the TV series, I would rank Scream 3 at the bottom, followed by Scream 4, then Scream 2, and then the first one for me is still Scream 1, and there's no way to top that because that was the first one and the original concept. But I also really liked Scream 2, and I enjoyed Scream 4. 3 was okay, but, um, you know, wasn't my favorite. So that would be my ranking. I think most people agree that Scream 3 is the least popular across the board. Um, and then there's a debate between many people on whether one or two are the best. Let's see. So that is the Scream franchise. And then I was trying to come up with a recipe that would be good. And all I could think of is looking at food from the 1990s when Scream started. So there were a number of foods that were made popular during the 90s that... Uh, didn't exist before then, or at least weren't popular. So they include uh, Hot Pockets, Lunchables, Pizza Bagels. Slim Fast was big. I guess 90 was the decade of trying to cut out fat, so Slim Fast was big. Sunny Delight was big. Um, Push Pops. Snackwell Devil Food Cake, and that's because it didn't have any fat, but that didn't mean it had any sugar or calories. Um, let's see, what else? In terms of candy, cow tails were big, and lots of other things like, um, blow pops, uh, airheads candy, atomic fireballs. So, I couldn't find really any recipes for things that were very popular then, uh, but that gives you an idea of what was going on in the 90s. And um, some of those I still like today, especially those Hot Pockets and Snackwells. So uh, that's it for the Scream franchise. I hope that was a useful overview. Um, and at some point, I'll also review Scary Movie, too, so we can look at all the spoofs of all of these. So until next week... Uh, try to stay away from anybody who might be dressed up as Ghostface. And I hope you have a good week and a good 4th of July. And we will talk to you next weekend. Thanks. Thanks.